So, you know, we, we've been talking about enduring faith for the end times the last uh, few weeks, and uh, we're going to continue on that theme when we talked about conspiracies, but now we're going to go into a scripture, uh, well, a chapter, we're going to go into Nehemiah, and where, you know, he faced uh, some conspiracy, and we talked, uh, I mentioned last week how conspiracies are really made up a little bit of truth and a little bit of lies, but we're going to see how Nehemiah dealt with some lies, and, and this actually hits home, because I was a victim of a conspiracy, uh, not this not this week, but the week last year, I just didn't say nothing, but you know what, God, God, God's got me, yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, you know, yeah, I'll talk about it later, or another time, <laughs> but, you know, no matter what happens, God has us. Yes. Regardless of what people do, God has us. Amen. And we, you know, no matter how many times people will try to lie and make things up for the benefit of them, yes. God's got me. God's got each and every one of us because He takes care of His children. Yes. You know, so we got to look to Him, and that is what's good about Nehemiah. And we're not going to, and then once again, we're not going to get through all this today because we're probably going to get through the first four verses because I want to give a little background. And just a reminder for Wednesday, remember, read Nehemiah chapter 1. All right, Nehemiah chapter 1, and whatever the Lord lays on your heart, that's fine. Uh, don't do a whole bunch of research. Just read it and let the Lord guide you. <laughs> Amen. Don't, don't overthink it. Like I tell people at work sometimes with polygraph, don't overthink this. Just just, <laughs> just read it and, and let the Lord minister to you in there. Amen. So, we, you know, I talked about last week how we as Christians, we have to be careful in getting caught up in conspiracies. Because what we're going to see here, we're, we're going to read from Nehemiah chapter 6, but we're going to bounce around a little bit first before we get there. You know, the enemy comes to distract what we'll see in chapter 6, he comes to distract, to discourage, and to deceive. And we got to be on guard against those things. Because if we're not careful and we find ourselves distracted, discouraged, or deceived, now it messes with our spirit. And, and it can cause us to go wayward. But see, we have to have a thing, which is another D word, which is discernment, which Nehemiah had. And um, we'll... We won't get into it too much today, but we're going to talk a little bit about discernment as well because it's, it's important. See, the, the enemy will like nothing more than for us to get emotionally caught up in things. And even with the conspiracy that thing that happened with me, he would have, you know, the first day I heard it, I was mad. Not gonna lie, I was mad. I was hot. I'm like, you know, what gives this person the right to say that and you didn't even talk to me, you don't even know me. So, <laughs> like that, to be saying these things, but you know what? I had to give it to God. And, and it turned out it wasn't an issue anyway because the person he was saying it to didn't believe him. And see, that goes back again to our character. Yeah. And when people know our character, they know us without us even having to say anything. Yeah. Alright, so God had it all worked out. Yeah. Right. Amen. So, Nehemiah, as we know, was a man of God. <laughs> I talked a little bit about last week how if you want to know about leadership, just read the whole book of Nehemiah. So, he was a leader. He was a motivator, and, and he was able to motivate the people because he, you know, when they, when the Jews, when they, we know that they were taken captive by Babylon and, and removed from their city, and slowly but surely, you know, they started to migrate to the city. So Nehemiah is part of the third wave that started to go back to the city, and Ezra went before him. 
people to rebuild the temple. And then Nehemiah goes to rebuild the wall. And he receives word that the people are discouraged. And the people are down. So, mind you, and I, and I said this a while ago, that not everybody who was offered the opportunity to leave, to go back to their homeland, left. Why? Because they had a good. They had houses. They had families. They had jobs. They had money. You know what? But they still blessed those that did go. They did give them money. They did give them gold. They did give them things to help them survive when they get there. But imagine you really never you never been to a place because you, you've been going there from, from, from there so, so, for so long and some of you have been born in, in enemy territory per se and then you get back to your city, you're, you're excited going and then you get there you see it in ruins. So that would discourage you. Right, so, but Nehemiah had to motivate the people to get them going. So, he was a man of character. He was persistent. And the one thing that Nehemiah always did, which we're going to see it all through the book of Nehemiah, all 13 chapters, he prayed. He was a man of prayer. And this is why we have to be a people of prayer. We can't react to certain things that happen to us. We have to be in prayer. And see, the more we're in prayer, the less we will react. Just like with what happened to me. If I had been in prayer, I could have held a grudge in my heart. But I, I did. And even when I talked to the person, I didn't hold a grudge in my heart. Because that would do me no good. And see, even after talking with him, I knew he was being used by the devil. But that's okay. That's okay. Because God's got me. <laughs> God's got me no matter what. I, and I know some of y'all wondering, what, what is he talking about? What is he going on? I, I, I'll get to it. Maybe not today, but I, I'll get to it. <laughs> and maybe I will talk about it today. But anyway, Nehemiah was also a political leader as well. And see, he was not like many of the political leaders that we see today. He didn't join with political parties, but he, he joined the only, only with one political party. That was with God. And see, that he was a true politician because he got his marching orders from God. He didn't look for man. He didn't look to please man. And we're going to see here as well at the beginning of Nehemiah chapter 6. But everything he did, God gave him. And he, that's why he prayed. He knew the word and God helped elevate him. And God gave, God instilled in him leadership qualities. One, to lead the people and also to motivate them. Okay, so... He did not panic when he was faced with opposition. So regardless of what the enemy was trying to do to him, because it was more than one enemy coming at him, he did not panic. But each time, he would go into prayer. And, and you know what else he did? And this is the true character of a good leader. This is what he did here. He was honest with his people, even when they were sinning. See, because we got in the habit today, especially in churches, we, we, we talked about it before, that we sometimes we, we call sin just bad choices. Hmm. No, sin is sin. And see, the people be, need to be told when they're sinning. Amen. Right? It, it, it's not that you know we're trying to hurt them, but we're trying to help them to get delivered from that. So we don't leave people in sin and then just look the other way and say, oh, well, it's not my problem. Right? So we were a part of church one time. I don't know if I shared this, but... It was a couple that was over one of the uh, children's ministry, and but they weren't married. They weren't living together. 
and my wife went to go say something to the pastor, and then he, oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> I never thought about it. Yeah, it's like, huh? How do you not think about it? But here's the kicker. He doesn't want to deal with it. He tells my wife, hey, go talk to them. Yeah, that's not, that's not a good leader. Right? That, that's not a good leadership qualities right there. Because it wasn't her place to deal with it. And I've been in places where I will say something to the pastor in churches, and then they will want me to deal with why? Because they don't want to seem like the villain, the bad guy. They don't want somebody to leave the church. Right? But if you leave because I'm calling you out on a sin, leave. <laughs> right? Because I don't want you to be messing around. This is not a game. It's not a game because we got people going to hell every day. And I'm not just talking about the youngest. I'm talking about, well, I guess they all don't believe, but I'm talking about people that are in church. You know, they're in church with us, raising their hands. They're reading their Bibles and they're praying every once in a while. And then they're still going to hell. And it's just like I said, don't be the person that's going to church and you're still going to hell. You might as well just go ahead and go in the world. Because what does the word say? Hot or cold. See, you, you, you're being lukewarm. And, and see, a good leader is going to tell their people when they're sinning and when they're wrong. And guess what? If the people are living right, they should tell the leader when he's sinning and he's wrong. Amen. See, because just because I'm pastor don't make me exempt. Neither. Because guess what? Well, well, God sees us all the same. Amen. God sees us all the same. See, it doesn't matter if somebody's apostle so-and-so, bishop so-and-so, pastor. No, no, no. You still held to the same standard Amen. as the person that gives their life to Christ right then and there. And that standard is the Word of God. There is no other standard but the Word of God. And see, we have to stop playing games. And that's why I appreciate it about Nehemiah because he didn't play games. And you'll see as we go along in Wednesday, as we get later in the chapter, he really didn't play games. Because he talked about laying hands on people and not the praying type of laying hands. <laughs> if you're going to keep doing this <laughs> and coming around and doing stuff, I'm, and that's exactly what he said, I'm going to lay hands on you. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't play. All right, So it, the, the time, we're not in the time of the season of playing games, you know, those days are over with. They, they never should have been. Yeah. They never should have been. And I'm, I'm going to share this with you because I, 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 uh, it came across. I'm a part of uh, Next Door app. I don't know if y'all are uh, part of that. But uh, it was one post that came up on the email. I think it was last Sunday. And it said uh, somebody, they were looking for a church. And I don't know if y'all remember the, um, the, uh, the picture I showed and the things like this. All right, so I'm going to read that post to you what they had. I'm not going to mention the name because I don't know this person. <laughs> All right, so it's got the title as Church Recommendations Needed. All right, so it says, We have lived in blank community about a year and ready to start checking out local churches. All right, that's the problem right there. You've been here for a year and you, you, you haven't been looking for a church. Okay. What church do you attend and why do you love it? This is what they're saying here. I need a church with great music, modern or traditional, decent children's programs, and don't need any particular denomination. However, we are a love all people, inclusive family. So this is also key for me. Preferred not to attend church where politics are a focus of the sermon. Okay, but not once in there they ask for good work, good doctrine. 
receives the same things that was on, yep, same thing, same things that was on that screen that time. And this is the person right here asking these things. And you know what? I was trying to find a post today because I had a screenshot of it, but I had to find a post. And there was one person that said, well, and I didn't fully read it, but he said something about being a Christian. He said, well, what kind of Christian are you with? You are not concerned about the word and about all these other things. But they jumped him. Oh, yeah. Just that quick. I saw the post. They, yeah, they, they got on. They jumped him. Oh, yeah. That was a brand new next door. I said, you going to call on that. You <laughs> so you saw it? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't read all the comments like, and I just saw the comment that, you know, one of the comments. <laughs> so the interesting fact about Nehemiah is this. He had never been to Jerusalem. He had never been there, but he had a burden. Yeah, you know, think about that. He'd never been there. He had a burden to go there. Well, where did that burden come from? The Father. Absolutely. That's where that burden came from. And see, sometimes we, we think we have to be places or speak certain languages in order to go there. But no, God's going to give us a burden and it's not for us to figure out, well, I need to work this out. I need to work that out. No, no, no. We, can't, we, we, we cannot do that. See, because when we do that, then that's not being led by God. That is us Thanks. waiting for the circumstances <laughs> to work out. That's right. And he doesn't want that. That's right. See, and you think about it, David Wilkerson. Right. He goes from Amish country to the slums of New York City. And guess what he's preaching when he gets to New York City? Holiness. And guess what? He's still preaching holiness. He's still preaching holiness. Well, not now because he's in heaven. But yeah. for years, he was still preaching holiness. Regardless of what. And even when the prosperity teachers was coming up, he was still he was speaking against them. He wasn't concerned about people being offended. But you know what? When the truth is taught, those that want to hear the truth are going to come. Right. He wasn't about being That's a people pleaser. Right. So for years, he's preached fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone. And see, that's what we lost today. And see, Nehemiah wasn't about that. He, 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 well, he, he was about that. He was serious. He was on point. He helped the people to get back into the things of God and worshiping God. Because they got away from things. They got away from honoring God on the Sabbath. They went about their everyday activities. And, and you know, these are the same things we can get caught up in because we can get caught up in life. We can get caught up in work. Amen. We can get caught up in family. Yes. These are not the things that God wants to get caught up in. Mm -hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with those things, but see, what we can learn from Nehemiah is Nehemiah had his priorities. Yes. Correct. And see, that's why Nehemiah had the sermon and couldn't get distracted because he had priorities in check. And see, we have to get our priorities in check. All right. So even with me, I have to have my priorities in check. All right. So is God first. Yes. God should be first in everything in all our lives. Yes. Right? God first, spouse second, children third. Yes. Right? And then what? Work and ministry. And I know some people put ministry and work. No, I work and ministry because Paul says if man don't work, you don't eat. Don't eat. 
see, that's what's happened with some of the churches today. Pastors have put in leaders and put burdens on the people. And see, that's another thing we learn from we will learn from Nehemiah. He didn't put a burden. Even though he had a right to take because he became governor, he had a right for the taxes so he can be paid. So he can get paid. He didn't do that because he recognized it was a burden upon the people. Mm. See, we have to have our priorities in check and our priorities in order. See, my wife does not come before God. See, my children don't come before my wife. Yes. See, mm. and I say that right when they're here. <laughs> so they're here. <laughs> Not, I, I love them, but they don't. That, that's, that's you right. know, God established in order. Amen. God established in that's order, right. and that's the order we have to follow. Praise and see, Jesus. understand this: if we have that order in check, guess what? Yes. Decisions become easier yes, because we know the decisions yes. before. See, there's some things my kids may come and ask me. Where I know the answer is going to be no. See, and there's some things that other people may ask me to do. Hey, Rasan, can you come speak at my church? My answer will be no, unless God says otherwise. Why? Because my priority is here. My priority is not for me to go and travel somewhere else and minister there when I have people here that I need to be ministering to. See, because that's we see churches because. We see people, they want to get up in fame, like Marshall mentioned Wednesday, the celebrity mentality. Yeah. And they want to travel here, they want to get on TV and all this other stuff, and get seen and get known and get amongst the people. Yes. No, that's not what God's calling me to. You know, that's what God's calling them to. I, I doubt it, but if that's what God, I don't know what God's saying to <coughs> right, But we can't get caught up in those things. Amen. But... We have to have our order, our priorities in check. And then once they're in order and they're in check, everything is easier. Now decisions get easier to make. Amen. Now we don't have to ponder things. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to go minister to somebody else that's not a member here when Phil needs me. Mm. No, no, no. That's priority. They don't get priority over Phil because Phil is here. Amen. See, so Amen. no, I don't go and check. No, they will have to wait because Phil gets priority. Yeah. Amen. Right? So just like Marie will get priority. Amen. Right? So Danny is part of Marie, so Danny will get priority. Amen. I don't go to somebody else that don't attend here. Amen. That's just the way it is because that's not how the priority works. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's see. So. When I talked about Nehemiah not going in, not having a burden, because, uh, not not ever, he had a burden, but never visited there. You know, I relate that even to me with uh, the work that I did, God had me do with rugs. I didn't go there. I didn't speak their language. Just driving by. And God has me look. <laughs> and then also, like, I see the light there, his presence there, and what he wanted me to do. And then that's what I did. And regardless of what others may have to try to do <laughs> to disrupt what God was trying to do, God created that burden in me for those people, even though I did not know them. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's turn to Nehemiah chapter 1. I know I said we'll be coming from 6, but Nehemiah chapter 1.
So hopefully I get some of these names right, or at least close to it. <laughs> the words of Nehemiah, the son of Achazaliah. <laughs> it came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. So, when Nehemiah gets this burden, what does he do? He prays, he fasts. He prays, he fasts. When we get a burden and we know that God is speaking to us about something, we need to pray and we need to fast. We don't need to call brother, sister, so-and-so. No, we need to call God first. And see, sometimes that's the problem that we do as Christians. We want to reach out to something we can touch, something we can hear right away, instead of pressing in. And we're not going to go over it, but Nehemiah spent time, four months in prayer. Four months in prayer. Over this burden that he had. And see, sometimes we want the answer real quick, right? Yes. Yeah, we all want the answer quick. We, are, we all do. And we've all been there. But he spent four months in prayer. Just imagine, he's thinking, man, God, why do I have this burden? Why is it, how do I tell the king this? How, how do I relate? It all worked out because as he was in prayer. And see, because those that don't know, he was a cupbearer. See, so he was before the king, pouring his drinks. And tradition tells us he was tasting food also to make sure it's not poisonous. So he had built himself. He was a great worker. He, was a, he wasn't like a typical government employee today. He was a good worker. Those of us that work for the government, we know government employees can be lazy. they just there to collect the check and get benefits sometimes. Most of the time. It is what it is. <laughs> but he was a worker. And that's how he was able to build up the trust of the king. Because he was faithful. Why was he faithful? Because ultimately he was faithful to God first. When you're faithful to God first, you will be faithful to your job. Amen. See, we're not faithful to the job if we're not faithful to God. Amen. But no, we were to be faithful to God. That's why I always say Christians should be the best workers at work. Amen. We should be the best workers at work. Why? Because we're not working unto man. We're not working unto supervisor. Not working unto cause, we're working unto God. And if we don't give him our best, we won't give anybody our best. See, we don't look for a pat on the backs. Amen. See, that's not what Nehemiah was about. But no, he worked unto the God. Amen. Amen. So, Nehemiah had to leave. He was leaving a comfortable position. He had a good position. He didn't have to leave. He, he could have been just like the rest of the Jews that were there. That did, chose not to leave. And nobody would have thought any less of him. But he wouldn't have been obedient to God. Mm -hmm. See, so sometimes when God calls us, He's going to take us from a comfortable position to an uncomfortable situation. Amen. And see, sometimes we don't want that. Right? So, even prior to starting to serve, I had a comfortable position. Mm -hmm. I did. I had a comfortable position. I had a position in church. I was comfortable. But God said no. God said no. And see, that's all throughout the Bible. Let's turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Oh. Yes. 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 
Victoria. Can you turn it down? Mm -hmm. There, AC. Yeah. Try one, one or two. I don't know what it's on. Okay, I don't know. Five. Say too much. <laughs> but we can't get caught up in those things. Regardless of that. 
Hey, what's going over there at New Life Kingdom Builders? Well, if you want to find out, why don't you come? Amen. Yeah. Amen. If you want to find out, why don't you come? Instead, instead of trying to ask people who are visiting. And then while at the same time copying my messages. Yes. Yeah, I, I wasn't supposed to say that word. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> so, Nehemiah faced fear and discouragement from his workers during the building. And these, these issues never stopped Nehemiah. So regardless of what we face, we can't worry about it. We have to press on. And the only way we can press on is through prayer because that's what's going to strengthen us and keep us strengthened. And also with the word of God. Yes. Amen. Alright, so I talked about, you know, the three things we'll get from this is uh, distraction, discouragement, and, and uh, being deception. deceived. Yep, deception. Being deceived. Okay? And the way we combat that is through discernment and the word. Alright, so let's look at uh, verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 6. So, now it happened when Sambalot, Tobiah, and Geshem, the arrow, arrow, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors in the gates. So let's stop right there. So he says, he doesn't say his enemy, he says our enemies. Right? So Sambalot, I believe he was the Moabite, and uh, Tobiah was an Ammonite. So remember, these were all enemy people uh, of the Jews. Okay? And Geshem was an Arab, and Geshem, as we'll see as we go on, was a gossiper and a pot stirrer. Okay? So, it says here that they have the wall. So, why, do we, why would a city... Remember, so, they get there, and what we don't see in chapter 6, is in the previous chapter, as soon as Nehemiah shows up on scene, these same three have issue with him. Because he's no, they know, they recognize, he's there to rebuild the wall. And they don't want that to happen. And see, they can't be, they can't come right out to get them because what I didn't say was this. Nehemiah got the okay from the king to go. And he asked for letters for the neighboring governors so they would not hinder him. And he also asked for a letter so, for, so he can get the material. And he got the, the king supplied the material for, for them to rebuild the wall here. So now they, 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 have the, they have the wall at this point. The wall is up, but the gates are not there. See, so we have a wall here because we're the temple of the what? The Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah we we temple of the Holy Ghost. So what happens? You can have the wall there, but if the, you don't have no gates and doors, the enemy can still get in. Yeah. Right? So we have to be on guard about our gates, our doors, our eye gate and our ear gates. What we allow to come into us. We have to be careful of that because, see, this is the problem why so many Christians are bound walking around, discouraged, depressed, because they're allowing certain things to come into their spirit because they're not protecting and guarding the gates, their eye gate and their ear gates, and they have these things coming into them, and that's why they're bound with fear, they're bound with anger, and they have all these triggers because they're not protecting themselves. And we have the word here, but we have to be careful. Again, we talked about it before, uh, the movies that we watch. See, we should not be okay in watching movies where you got a whole lot of killing going on, a whole lot of sex scenes going on, a whole lot of cursing going on. As Christians, that's not protecting our eye gates and ear gates. And then we wonder why we get down sometimes, or we wonder why we may gravitate to sin as Christians. Because what are you allowing to come into you? So it's not okay for those things to come. Same thing with the music. Right? So why even with 
musicians who may be possessed of it, why, why would we allow that to come into our spirits? No. Let us listen to the things, the psalms, the hymns, things that glorify God. Hallelujah. That's what should be coming into us. So, again, we have to be on guard. We have to be on guard. So that's why it was important for them also to get the gates up. Why? Because the enemy can still get in. And see, once the enemy gets in, again, we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. And see, whatever one we feed, that's the one thing we're going to gravitate to. And we got to be on guard on that. All right. So let's go to uh, verse 2. That Sambalot and Geshem sent, sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me harm. So come, not everybody's come. We should be listening to. <laughs> come over here. That's right. Come back home, visit me. Nope, it ain't that time. Why? See, sometimes we give in to those things, and then we go and we do those things, and then we come back and we say, Man, why did I go? Why did I go? I shouldn't go. Because we didn't we didn't use discernment and we gave in and we fed into our emotions, our feelings like that. So, no. Because trust me, I've had people already invite me to church and not, not all bad and, and there's nothing to do with that. They're saying, come. No. Not, now is not the time yet. Alright, so let's keep going. So he says here, they thought to do me harm. Again, he had discernment. He knew as he went, they go. They were trying to set him up. So, what? If he had been distracted, he would have went. This is why we can't be distracted. We can't allow the enemy to distract us in the things of this world. See, because if we don't take care of ourselves, who would? See, we got to take care of ourselves and we have to stay in his presence. If we don't stay in his presence and don't take care of ourselves, we will become distracted and we will be one of the ones, unlike Nehemiah, we will go. And then the enemy is waiting right there for us to take us out. Verse 3, so I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work. His priorities. His priorities. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Verse 4, but they sent me this message four times. And I answered them in the same manner. Please, come over here. Please, come. No. 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 Four times. Four times. How many Christians would give in after the second or third time? Yes. Why? Because he had his priorities in check. He was doing a great work. He had his priorities in check. So he knew where he was supposed to be at. Amen. And see, guess what? Here's another thing. This would have been important to, because these people here that are inviting him, they're all leaders. They're all governors and leaders. He could have said, now I can go hang out with these important people. <laughs> How many Christians would go and say, oh, no, let me go hang out with the governor. Mm -hmm. Let me go do this. And then, let me go brag about it on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. This is what I did. Look who I hung out with. I got a selfie with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Same way as people trying to get on these TBS and Daystar. Yes. It's my opportunity to hang out with people important. Yes. No, where's your priority? Hallelujah. Where's your priority? Yes. Hallelujah. No, it's not. See, we, we have to be careful. That that calls for again. Once we know our priorities, we won't be distracted. We'll be good. Amen. So what else can we see here? Alright, so four times they came and they asked him, and four times he gave the same answer of no. Jesus, the devil came to tempt him. 
three times. Each time he gave them, it is written. It is written. It is written. Each time the Apostle Paul was arrested, he gave the same answer, told the same story over and over. He, he never changed. His story was the same. And it was the same people that were coming after him over and over trying to set him up, get him thrown in prison, and guess what? He's in prison. He's telling the same story over and over, giving them the same answer, same response. We have to be on guard of these things. And we have to get our answers. Sometimes we have to tell people no. See, because we're afraid of hurting people's feelings, we don't want to tell them no. I know, it can be hard. It, it can be hard sometimes. But we have to tell people no. Because it may not be what God wants us to do. It may not be where God wants us to go. And if we say yes, because we're giving in to peer pressure, then what happens? Are we in His perfect will? No. We'll be in His permissive will. So yeah, does it mean all the time the enemy may attack? No, it doesn't. But we want to be in His perfect will, not His permissive will. Amen. 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 So Nehemiah had discernment. And see, discernment is not something that, first let me give you the definition of discernment. It, discernment is the ability to judge matters according to God's view of them and not according to their outward appearance. So where's an example that we see that in the Bible? When Samuel went to go anoint the king, David. Right? He got all the brothers first. <laughs> got all the brothers first. And David, who was in the back, on the, and out with the sheep, came last. Because why? They were looking at that outward appearance. See, when you have discernment, you're going to see things that other people can't see. See, what may look right to most people, you can see the wrong in that. And what may look wrong to most people, you can see the right, you can see the good in the person. See, because David's family, his dad, his brothers, they didn't see good in him. But see, once he became, once he came before the prophet Samuel, he saw it. God revealed it. See? But they couldn't see it. Why? Because they were looking at things in the natural. Mm -hmm. There was no discernment there. See, when you have discernment, you can see ahead. And see, while others are saying, don't go, don't go, don't do this, don't do that, you already know because you discern. You're going to go. Or you're going to stop when he says stop. And they're going to be well, why aren't you coming forward? Why aren't you going? No. So I say no. No, something's not right. Something's not right. I, I, I don't need to be there. I don't need to be around these people. Something's not right. But Amen. they're saved. They're Christians. Amen. Remember, we got wheat, we got tears. Right? And it doesn't mean they're all going to be tears. Right. But God may not want us there around them at that particular time. Amen. And see, it just again, just because they may come to church with us, just because they may sing praise and worship with us, doesn't mean that we need to hang around them. Why? Because, see, sometimes they may not be where we're at. See, because they may always see things from a natural standpoint instead of discerning and seeing things by the Spirit. Amen. So, Alright, so I'm going to get ready to close up here. Alright, so just remember, maintain your priorities. Maintain your priorities. Maintain your priorities. Because that will make life so much easier on each and every one of us when we have our priorities in check. So we'll, we'll, we'll finish this chapter uh, next week because I got a lot more. 
in this, but I knew I wanted to give an introduction, an overview of Nehemiah because there, there's a lot there, and we're going to get into it. That's why we're going to start going through it on Wednesdays because there are a lot of things that I believe God has for each and every one of us in it. And uh, for those that may not pray a lot, by the time you finish reading Nehemiah, you're going to pray. <laughs> for obstacles that may come your way, you're going to know how to handle it and pray. For any distractions that come your way, you're going to know how to pray and go before God and not panic. See, you know what the good thing about Nehemiah is? See, we, we, we use this thing. We always want to be delivered from something. Amen. We always want to be delivered from something. Often, it's not God's will for us to be delivered. We should be asking him to strengthen us as we go through because he's trying to get us to somewhere. Amen. See, what would have happened if Nehemiah said, let me get delivered from this situation? Because his enemies, let me, that, that, in chapter 6, that's not the first time his enemies came after him. But they were, each time, they were just trying to discourage them and distract them. All the way from chapter 3 and on, they, they just kept coming over and over. And then what I didn't say this in, in reference to uh, verse 1, where he says, uh, Oh, now it happened when Samuel, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall. They heard it. They weren't there watching it. They heard it. So that means they were spies on the inside of the camp. Giving them information about what was going on. See? And guess what? All throughout the whole book of Nehemiah, these same spies were there. Feeding them information. And we'll see as we go on why. Because guess what? They intermingled because they intermarried with them. They, they married with uh, pagan worshippers. That, that was Sambalot and Tobiah. And that's how they had access to the city and access to the information. And the people were steady writing letters to them, giving them information. And then when they go to Nehemiah, all they would talk about was the good that Tobiah and them were doing. And, but then steady feeding information about Nehemiah. But see, again, Nehemiah, what did he do? He didn't panic. He just prayed. He just prayed. Recognized that God was going to take care of it. Amen. 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 All right. So let's pray. Thank you, Father.